Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yes, sir. It's Thursday, which means it's our, I think we call it Baby Friday. I'm Brandon Marshall. I am your guest host of the day because I'm sitting by myself. You have Ashley Nicole Moss, who's right behind me in the red, whatever this ensemble is. She's somewhere on a plane flying to Aruba, Belize, or the Caribbean island somewhere. She's off for a couple of days, so she left me in her seat. She said, Brandon, don't get comfortable. And Brandon Flowers, Brandon Flowers is on some type of mountain meditating. There's a lot about Brandon Flowers we don't know. We're getting to know Brandon Flowers, but he's not here. But who is here with me because we had a huge night in basketball is my brother and Mr. Shimmy himself, Mr. Antoine Walker. What's up, big bro? What's up, baby? How you doing? Bro, I still, I still don't understand why you're not in the South. You played for the Miami Heat, okay? Mm-hmm. You, we, we know you from Chicago. It is cold in Chicago. I lived in Chicago. I played in Chicago. You know that. So I know Chicago, bro. It's okay to say, you know what? It's time to go down south. It ain't it ain't that yet right now. We still got good weather. It's still 50s, 60s. It ain't it ain't quite bad. You know that. I'm I'm from Chicago, so I can handle a little cold. Yeah, bro, but I want you to be my next door neighbor. You're not, you're missing it. <laughs> we keep every time you're on the show, I talk about this. And I think you're missing it. I want you to move next door to me. I want you to be in studio with me. Can you get that done, yes or no? What do we need to do to get that done? Do I got to move there or just got to come down there and be down there for a while? I just, listen, hey, look, you big dog. Why you just get, keep the condo, keep the condo in in Chicago and get a nice little crib in in Miami and then you can fly back and forth. I'm trying to really get this show off the ground. I need you in studio. So you tell me what I need to do for you to be in studio. (laughs) We got to talk off air, man. Talk off air. We don't want to put that out there like that. (laughs) You don't want to tell me the number? (laughs) I love you, bro. Hey, big, 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 big night in hoops, bro. Um, LeBron James loses AD, right? Hip spasms. And the Lakers Mm. lose to Houston in Houston. 34 points. Um... Is this enough? Do the Lakers have enough to compete for a championship? 
it's not the fact that they don't have enough. The thing is that the league has more parity now. And I think that, that I don't want to say scary, but that it factor is not there no more when you play the Lakers. I don't think anyone's scared to go at the Lakers anymore. And that's not taking anything away from LeBron James or, or Anthony Davis, but they don't have that um, that type of team that the teams are scared of. And then also you got to flip it too. These young teams, especially a team like Houston, they get up. You know, you get their best effort when you when you're LeBron James and Anthony Davis and the Lakers. You know, the young Houston team they get up to play against the Lakers. So the Lakers have to be ready to match these young teams' energy, effort that's needed. Um, but it's it's really hard to put together championship teams. Obviously, we know LeBron wants to play nothing but for championships, and they're piecing these teams together every summer to put pieces around them. And you know, a training camp in one month doesn't get it done. We're early in the season right now. You probably can ask that question come January, February, when they've got a, you know, a couple months in. They play 25, 30 games. But early in the season, some of those other guys got to understand when you plan for the Lakers and what the goal is and what it's going to take. Do you, no, let's be real. Do you really think that guys are coming with that energy? I know what energy you're talking about, right? It's like when I was first in the league in the NFL and we were going against a Peyton Manning, we were going against a Tom Brady, or if I was going against a Darrell Revis or Champ Bailey, right? Like I knew I had to come with a little bit more oomph, right? Because they were the creme of the creme, the creme de la creme. Do you think guys in the NBA still look at the Lakers and LeBron and AD as that? I think it's LeBron and AD, yeah, of course. I mean, LeBron is still one of the top five players in this league, um, so he's definitely, teams definitely get up for them. And, you know, it's the Lakers. Still has that mystique, still has that that aura about them that you like to play. It's like playing in Madison Square Garden. You know, when you go in Madison Square Garden, you know it's be guys want to put up numbers in there. Guys want to have, you know, superstars want to have that game to say, I did it in Madison Square Garden. So the Knicks games are entertaining. They get great efforts. They get great performances in that arena. It's the same thing when you play the Lakers. You want to perform well when you play against the Lakers. So it's the same type of mentality going in there. And, you know, you had the little Dylan Brooks one to guard LeBron James and talking about that and all that stuff. So you had all that going on as well. Right. Now, look, man, when I look at when I look at this thing, let me go to uh, my screen, my standing screen, Western Conference. You have the Denver Nuggets. Um, that's playing exceptional, and we'll get to that conversation right last night. They also, that was another big game. They uh, played against Golden State, and, and that was, uh, you know, an unexpected outcome for some. You got Dal the Dallas Mavericks are sitting at two. The Dallas Mavericks are sitting at two. Luka and Kyrie are finding a way. They're playing exceptional ball. And then you got the Timberwolves at three, the Golden State Warriors at four, OKC at five, the Houston Rockets at six, the Suns at seven, New Orleans Saint, New Orleans Pelicans, excuse me, eight, Sacramento Kings, LA Clippers at 10, and then the guys that's outside of this, you got San Antonio Spurs and the Los Angeles Lakers. So I wanted to go through that to ask you this question. A healthy AD and LeBron James, are they contenders? Uh, I, you got to always put them in the conversation. I mean, uh, you, you, why are you doing this? Come on, bro. It's gotta, okay. Come on. No, listen, I always have to put them in the conversation. I, you didn't ask me if I like what they got going on. 
But you got to put them in the conversation. I mean, these guys are, un I mean, when you talk about having LeBron and AD, what is that? They only playing for championships. You can just say LeBron James, he's only going to play, he's playing the league not to fulfill a contract. I played he's for a championship for 13 years. Every day I walked in Hollis Hall, uh, uh, Florham Park, One Jet Drive. I wanted to play for championship too, but then I had Jay Cutler as my quarterback. I had uh, Kyle Orton as my quarterback in, in Denver. Just because you want to play for a championship, big bro, don't mean that you, gonna, you actually are. You know what I'm saying? It's different. I, I, I got to tell you, it's different. I, I, that's a different mentality. When I played for the Miami Heat, I thought about championships. When I looked at our roster, you look down there. When I was with the Celtics, I tried to make it to the playoffs, bro. That was make the to the playoffs. It was right. a different mentality. I knew when I looked at my roster, looked up and down my bench, what type of team I had and what we could level we could compete at. So it's different mentalities. When you know your team, you know when you got one of those championship teams and where you can make a legitimate deep run. But obviously, it's just some teams are just going to be playoff teams. They just may not have enough. Yeah, so well, I just think with, Le with LeBron James, with the team that they built, they just – and, and I love the moves the Lakers made. I think they're going to be very good as the season goes along if they can stay healthy. And obviously, we see – we don't know how ADs are already – um, catching the injury bug already. So if they can if they can stay healthy, the way the roster's you know actually set up, they can make a run. Wow. So it's it's just, it's just about a different mentality that you got to have. Right. I was going to ask you another question um, on LeBron and and the Lakers, but I'm gonna shift gears here because we had another big matchup, and, and it, it kind of I'm a piggyback off of what you just said as far as like the Lakers uh, making a run. Um, Nuggets and the Dubs last night. A lot of people, these are two of the best teams in the NBA, two of the best teams certainly in the, in the Western Conference. And so uh, we were expecting a, a different type of game. Uh, the, 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 uh, the Nuggets was able to hold off, uh, you know, the, the Warriors at home. It was exceptional. Joker showed up. And, and so I, I'm piggybacking off of what you just said because last night, did the Joker and the Nuggets show that they're just far better than everybody else in the NBA, right? Because when you talk about the Lakers making a run, it's like they, we saw that last year. Lakers go up against the Nuggets, and the Nuggets made them look like, bro, like they were North Carolina State. <laughs> right? So it's like, uh -huh. it was almost unfair, right? Like seeing AD and LeBron. You remember the one moment last year where uh, the Joker hit a three, a three in, a, in front of AD. It was contested. It was phenomenal defense. Nothing but bottom of net. And then AD just turned and started smiling and laughing. You remember that moment where he was like, there's nothing I can do, right? So they, <laughs> so they continue this. Uh, the question I have for you is, is Joker, the Joker in the Nuggets, just far better than everybody else in the NBA? I think team-wise, they're far better. And what I mean by that is guys knowing their role, understanding their system, letting their superstar be the superstar that he is. Everybody, they feed off him um, and his triple-double type of, of ability that he has every night. Um, and, he, and if you watch them play, and I know sometimes the Nuggets may not be the biggest draw to watch on TV, but they play good team basketball, and they let their star control the show. You never see them fighting over the basketball. You never see them um, having not 
having good fluent offense that's going. And I think that's what it is. They have a lot of mutual respect for each other. They know the Joker is going to be the Joker. Um, they had a great coach, and, and Mike Malone, who's a great defensive-minded coach that puts them in great situations. And if you notice, and people don't talk about this, all their young guys that they incorporate, in, incorporate into the rotation play well with them, gives them great energy, gives them great spark. Right. Um, while the big three, which I consider the big three for them, the Joker, Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter, are able to still to do their thing. And they just got a good team, and they play that the cohesiveness that they play with puts them in the mix. And we've seen this before. Um, Golden State, the team that's up, that's up there right now, too, as well. I mean, you build those type of teams, you get great runs. Right. When you keep your core together, when you get your seven, eight guys that believes in your system, that believes in playing together, you can make deep runs. And I think that's what the Denver Nuggets are doing. They're riding the wave right now. Everybody knows their role. They know their position. They know the Joker's going to come out and give you possibly a triple-double every night. He's going to find you. They share the basketball. Um, they may not have the high flyers and some of the huge names in the league. And so that's why people sometimes don't give them the credit or don't believe that they're going to be in the mix. But they're going to be in the mix it's, for the next couple of years. Bro, it's just, it's in, it, you know, if you go back to last year, some would say, right, like maybe it was a one-hit wonder, bro. Like that, that run, that postseason run was one of the best and this is me as a casual fan. Obviously, you're an expert. You play, you cover the game, right? So you know better than I, than I do and any of us. But it felt like that was one of the best runs we've ever seen in a post uh, in a postseason. I mean, at home, did they did they lose one? I don't know. Did, maybe they lost one game uh, mm-hmm. at at home in a postseason this year. I mean, they're eight and one this year. They're six and zero oh at home. It seems like nobody can beat them at home. And so last year they do that. Then they come into this year and they pick up right where they left off. And it's scary. And so my question is, how big is the gap between Joker and the Nuggets and the number two team in the NBA? Whatever team. That could be East or West. And I want to know who you think is the, the team out there that could potentially knock them off. Well, I think that in the West right now it's going to be tough. I think it's too many moving parts on the teams in the West. Um, that's going to be able to knock them off when you talk about getting into a seven-game series and have to beat them four times. I don't think a team has to build to that level. I don't think no team right now is at that level. I think in the East, it's a little different story um, because you got some really talented teams. When I think about the Celtics, when I think about the Bucs, um, those teams can, with the with the rosters that they have put together, can get hot. Um, talent-wise, from top to bottom, maybe a little bit more talented than the Denver Nuggets, but you don't have to deal with them to the finals. So I think you, you worry about that you, animal when you get there. But right now in the West, um, just the togetherness and the way they play and having the best player right now in the league and Joker, um, you got to go through Denver. And oh, we wow. have to respect. You just said Joker is the best player in the NBA. Yeah, it's no question. Wow. No, wow. that's not a question right now. I, I don't think, you can you name me somebody that's better than him? I mean, MB was the MVP last year. And MB beat the Celtics last last night, who was, you know, uh, you know, they're the number one team in the East right now. So he picking up where he left off last year. And I know there's a little debate. Everybody's like, well, Joker should have been MVP. Well, he wasn't. Embiid was. <laughs> Embiid is the most dominant player in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. Come on. That's a debate. Like, if he is a large one, go ahead. It's not a great debate. It's just a debate. Okay, so 
I mean, KD, I still believe KD. Well, you know what? This is what I believe. Let me be honest. Brandon, think I think Devin Booker, I think Devin Booker is the best player in the NBA right now. That's what I think. If I was a general manager, okay, or owner of a of, of a team, let's say, let's let's go story time. Las Vegas, they won a team. But I beat LeBron James to uh, uh, getting the team, right? LeBron James, I'm sorry. You didn't have enough money. I got more money than you, LeBron James. <laughs> okay, I got the team. I got the committee. Las Vegas chose me. Who do I pick number one? Bro, I'm going to go get Devin Booker. Devin Booker is the face of my franchise in Las Vegas. That's who I have as the best player in the NBA right now. But everybody's talking about Joker number one, and I think there's an argument, and there's a, like you said, it's a good debate on uh, uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah, but if I'm starting a franchise, it depends on what what you're trying to do. I think obviously with Joker, you get a guy who's gonna—he's a triple-double threat. It's really hard to go against that brand. You have to respect that stat. It's, it's getting done too easily by himself. He's, he's, he's a great passer at his size. So this is the thing—he can get you 30. We can get you 15, 15, and 15. It ain't too many guys that, that can do that. So you can think what you can build around him. So if I'm a starter team, I want to build it around a guy that's going to share it and do everything over the side of a, a Devin Booker. And I love Devin Booker, but I, I wouldn't start my team um, with a with a Devin Booker because it's because really it's going to be him getting right. you 30. And, and he's had some nights when he's assisted the basketball really, really well. I'll give you that. You know what's interesting? What's interesting hearing, hearing you say that, uh, you know, I always, you know, I'm where I'm um, go to some football, right? So it's like a wide receiver and a running back, right? Like if you have, a, let's say, a Saquon Barkley and a Saquon Barkley, um, he'll give you, let's say he give you 100, 100 yards on the ground, you know, no. week in and week out, one to two tubs, right? Okay. Now you look at a wide receiver, Let's say a Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson may give you 125 to 150 uh, uh, yards, okay, uh, you know, outside and maybe a touchdown, right? And it's like, so who do you choose? And, and, and it's interesting because, you know, like a running back's impact, that 100 is it's, you're controlling the game, right? Like when Saquon Barkley is toting it 20 times a game, we're talking about time of possession, we're talking about efficient uh, uh, offense and, and staying in front of the chains. A wide receiver, that 125 can be made up. Half of it is made up on one play. So stay with me here, though, Tuan. So hearing you say pick the Joker over like a Devin Booker, right? Like talk to me about the impact of that 15, 15, and 15 outside of a, a guard who might flash, you know, here and there. Well, the difference is if you got a guy that's a triple-double threat, with him, who's a he's a great scoring threat, too, as well. Say, there's some guys that can get you triple-doubles. Say Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was a guy who had a bunch of triple-doubles, but he wasn't the guy who was going to get you 30. So it's a, you don't have to necessarily send a double team at him. You can play him totally different. The Joker can get you 30 mm. on any given night. So you may have to double him. So that's the thing that, that becomes really uh, the the difference maker with those two guys with a guy like Joker because he has the ability to go get you 30 on any given night. So his triple-doubles can be – that's why his triple-doubles are so huge. We're not talking about low-numbers triple-double where guys 10, 11, and 12. We're talking about a guy who got 
20, if it's 25, 15, and then 12. That's a different type of triple-double. Right. That's what makes him special. That's why he's getting the MVP award. That's why he's an NBA champion. Have because we, it's, a, it's a special, unique talent that we haven't seen before, mm. especially from the center position. That's what makes it special. That, we haven't seen it before. That was my next That's question what, is, have we seen this before? And you just answered it for me. You said we have seen it before? No, 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 no. That was going to be my next question. Have we seen oh. this before? But you just answered it. You said we haven't seen this before. So my question... Not from the side. Magic Johnson was a point guard. You know, Magic was a point guard. I mean, we know Magic, he was 6'9", 6'10", at point. This guy's from the center spot. So This is, this is different. So so when it's all said and done, and, 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 you know, I might be getting ahead of myself, but where, is his, where does he fall in history? I mean, obviously, he'll be a top three center of all time, depending on what you like. Um... In the history of playing, he's definitely be enough. Can, can you give me? I, I hate when you do Top this. 20. I hate. I hate when you do this. Can you be black and white here? Can you tell me, Brandon, when it's all said and done, he's going to be here? I don't even know why you be political, polit, politically correct sometimes. No, I'm not. That, I, I, I mean, he's the top three center ever. It's tough to get over Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the best center ever. Ever. It's, it's tough. I'm not just giving that to Joker, but when it's all said and done. He's chasing that guy as being the best center ever. That's the guy he's chasing. Mm, okay. All right, well, let's move forward then. And uh, I love, and I, I also throw this in there. I love these other two guys, too. I think Akeem Olajuwon was really special at, at the center spot with his skill set. Um, I think Joker has more skill set because he's able to do some other things with passing. Um, but Joker's... And then you got Shaq with his dominance when he came in, too, as well. I don't want to devalue Shaq when he came in and how dominant he was. But you got to put these all these things in perspective. We're playing a different age. This is a different type of game. They all have different games. And it's kind of like, well, we got to think about where's Wambi going to end up at? We never seen oh. a guy seven. Oh, we, oh you we, ready we, to have that conversation? He's been in the NBA for two months. What are you talking about? <laughs> you ready? I mean, I'm based. I'm basing off where he's where he's headed. But what we saw in two months, obviously he's way away from being these conversations. Well, shelve that, shelve that, because we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about him a little later. You're talking about Victor. Let's 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 shelve that. Right. We're gonna talk about that a little later in the show. Wow, you already you ready to have that conversation. Wow. That's wild. I mean, okay, listen, let's finish up on Joker real quick. All right. And then we're gonna transition into um James Harden. James Harden, obviously with the Clippers. Um all right, since you, you, since you want to stay with the centers, let's take him out of the center position and let's just say, where does he finish? Does he finish top 10 in it all time or does he finish top five? And that's the Joker who we're talking about. Top 10. Top 10. Yes. So who's out? No, that's it. That's it. I ain't going to do that because I can keep going. All right, top 10. I'll take that. I'll take top that. Top 10. All right, look, bro, uh, another big game last night. Um, I don't know if you watched Hart and, and the Clippers last night. They... Um, they lost to my boys, Brooklyn. You see me. You know, I'm still rolling <laughs> with Brooklyn. It's so interesting, like, that we lose James Harden. That's who I'm rocking right now. This is a throwback James Harden. We only had him for about 10 games, but I still rock with it. Throwback. So James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and KD, and we're still in position. So, anyways, they lose to uh, uh, the Nets last night. Harden had a good game, 12 a good game, right? Like 12 points, eight rebounds, five assists, but they still lose. Um, 
Does, does James Harden turn the Clippers into a championship contender? No. Um, Woo! You got, he doesn't put, make them a championship contender. Um, James Harden is such a unique player, um, and people got to understand that. They needed a full training camp. They needed some summer together. Um, it's tough to put a guy like that right into the rotation where you have two other guys that are potentially Hall of Famers, two great guys that don't necessarily need James Harden to score the basketball. The wide letter can go get his own. Paul Joyce can go get his own. And you need some work together. This this is going to take time. This will be a team, especially with T. Lou, and have so much respect for him. They'll get it right. Hopefully they don't have any injuries and those, those guys can stay healthy. They'll get it right. It's just going to take some time. Their talent is going to have to keep them in it, stay playing 500 basketball or maybe a couple games over it and look for them to make a late run in the season. I wouldn't want to play them come playoffs. They'll match up. Oh, that's a disaster. You don't want to go against those guys um, so, so come playoffs. You, so, so, so why don't you have them as a, a contender then, if, if they, which they will? Would you agree that they will make it to the playoffs? Yeah, they will make it to the playoffs. I just have that much. I have that much. I believe in T. Lou as a coach, but it's all based on health. They don't need to have a setback where Kawhi has to miss six weeks. You don't need Paul George missing a significant amount of time. They got to stay together. They need to work. They need to practice. They need to get get this thing kind of like a well-oiled machine. It's going to take some time. See, see, that's where I disagree with you, Tuan. You know, I'm full of disclaimers. Let me give you a little background, okay? Uh, I grew up playing football. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, okay? And it's football country. I don't even know if there was, I, I don't even remember a basketball court within a 15, 20 mile radius. I, I, I didn't, I'd never even seen a basketball court. But anyways, Pops had this bright idea. He's like, look, my dad was in the streets, right? Drug dealer. Okay, guys, that's what that means, YouTubers. Okay? So he's like, look, we're gonna, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to move down to Florida. So we go down to Florida. And, you know, just like I'm asking you to be my neighbor, Come down to Florida, like I, you know, we had good neighbors. Okay, I, I'm, I'm trying to ask you to be a good neighbor. Come down here, but anyways, we moved to Florida, and then boom, I got some good neighbors, and they say, "Hey, let me introduce you to the Little Magic, right? Orlando Magic." We moved to Orlando, and they're like, "Let's play some basketball." So I start playing some basketball, and I was a hustler. I got, you know, Mr. Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Mr. Hustle Award, et cetera, et cetera. I'm giving you all of these disclaimers so I can talk basketball. I'm trying to get, build my credibility right now. So stay with me, <laughs> Antoine, okay? <laughs> so, boom, I make it to middle school. I start playing AAU basketball, like some of the biggest, like a, the, the, the Atlanta Celtics. Have you ever heard of the Atlanta Celtics? Team yes, I heard of yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard about the Celtics about through Dwight Howard and Josh Josh Smith. Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, <laughs> that's right. So I was I, I I was able to make the you know 15 and under, 16 and under, boom, boom, boom. Right. Then I get to college, I get to high school, and everybody knew I was gonna play football. So I go to the Gators. That's what was my dream. I'm at football camp. Billy Donovan, he's there. They got a late night run. He's like, hey, tell Brandon to come play with us because if he comes to Florida to play football, right, he can be our 12th man. I'm excited about that. I'll sit on the bench as long as I'm catching some touchdowns. So that's my basketball background. See, Ashley always make fun of me when she's here about, like, what do you know about basketball? I know some basketball, okay? So 
Now that I built my credibility, now let's talk some more hoop because now I'm going to push back on you. Bro, I absolutely <laughs> think that this is this can work. This will work. I absolutely believe that uh, they'll figure it out before the end of uh, of the the regular season. Y'all play what? Eighty two games? Eight? What is it? Eighty two games? Y'all play? How many games y'all play in the NBA? Which is absurd. It's eighty two. Does with this tournament stuff? Does that increase the games? I, I haven't paid attention to that. Does that increase the games load or not? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, no, it doesn't. BC is saying it doesn't, our, our producer is saying no. One of our producers is saying no, it doesn't. But that's okay. 82 games, okay? And so you said something like, well, they don't need uh, James Harden to score the basketball because Kawhi can create, you know, Paul George can create, da, 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 da. That's what makes it beautiful, is that you got four guys willing to compromise, willing to sacrifice. And so if one is off, the other could be on. Or if Kawhi goes down for a couple of weeks, now you got James Harden who can go out there and give you 40. He did that last year. I don't think he's washed. Now, can he do that consistently over the entire season? No. But if you need to call on him for a spurt, I truly believe he can tap into that the same way he's been doing it the last five years since he's transitioned into this more point Kind of like, uh, I don't even know what you guys would call this type of style of point guard, right? Like, he's averaging 22 points. He's averaging, uh, uh, what, five rebounds, 10 assists over the last five years. So I absolutely think this can work. And if I'm anybody, in, if, if I'm in the West right now, I am scared shitless of the Clippers, bro, because these four guys together sacrificing, they could potentially be the team that knock off the Nuggets. They could beat anybody with their talent. I'm, I agree with you on that. I'm not disagreeing with what they can really be and how scary they really could be. I think when you put four guys of that caliber, their skill set together, of course they can win it all. It's about gelling. It's about being healthy. It's about sacrifice. That's one thing. Is everybody ready to sacrifice for the ultimate goal? What do you and think? And that's a... What do you think? Outside looking in? I, I, I would think with the age they are and what these guys have been through throughout their career, um, you're looking at four guys that's possibly all going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. So I think the last thing for those guys to do in their career to see if they can win another championship. So I would think their mentality, mentally, and what the sacrifice they're going to have to make individually, I would think they have it. I just have a lot of respect. I have a lot of faith and T. Lou, that they can make a deep run. It's, it's one coach that can do this, that's got the player's personality, that can, that's a player's coach first. I think he, he can make this happen. Um, he's been in the trenches before. He's coached superstars before. He's ultimately coached, arguably, a lot of people think, the best player to ever play the game in LeBron James. So if it's one guy that can do it as a coach, it's T. Lou. Mm. So, that's, that, so that's, what, that's how much respect I have for him to be able to do this. And you also got to remember this. This has been like a year and a half, almost two years, they've been chirping about getting James Harden over there. So T. Lewis wanted this. Wow. He's wanted this opportunity. We don't think about that. Think about it. We've been talking about this for like a year, year and a half of him going to the Clippers. Why, why would T. Lou want this? Because it seems every time, even me, bro, I'll be honest with you, I'm wearing James Harden right now. Like, I'm a fan of the, all the sauce he brings to the game. But when you think about everything outside the game, it's like a lot of times it's like a distraction when you're trying to build a team and you're trying to compete for championships, right? So I would say that I'm, I'm, I lean more towards the side of like, I wouldn't want James Harden on my team, right? 
But then you have a T. Lou, a guy that you respect. Why would a T. Lou want a, a James Harden? Like, what is he seeing in James Harden that 75% of the basketball world or the sports world ain't seeing or don't believe in? Well, I think the talent speaks for itself. I mean, he's arguably one of the greatest. I don't know what you want to call him because he's different. He's played the two guard. He's played point guard um, that we've seen. But one of the best one-on-one -on -one players that we've seen. So you can add a talent like that and um, you got to. I, I just think you have to. You can't afford not to. I mean, it's not going. You're not going through the draft. You're not doing this. And he probably believes. You never know. And you know this, B. He may have a relationship with with James Harden that we don't know about off the court. Yeah. Where he don't, where he can talk to him. Where he can communicate with him. We don't know that. And then you got to think. Russ is over there. He played with Russ. Him and Russ got along really well. Obviously in um, OKC. Um, and I'm pretty sure Kawhi Leonard and Paul George had to sign off too as well. So these are guys that want to play with each other. Right. So I think, right, especially with the point they had in their career, all these guys got individual accolades that we can just stack up with, we can take forever talking about, but they haven't won a championship together. This is something that they want to do. And Kawhi Leonard being the one guy that's won a championship can bring that on to these guys, the sacrifice that it's going to take and what is going to need T. Lou being a championship coach. So the ingredients are there to get it done. Obviously, we know the talent's there, but can they put it together with those big four mentalities? And can James Harden do it, have a sacrifice that it's going to take? Because James is a guy that's used to having the ball for 15, 17, 18 minutes of a shot clock. Okay. These guys don't need that. You got to share it a little bit. You got to spot up in the corner. You got to change that game up a little bit. So, so here, here's, what, here's what I would say, bro. Like, I got the Suns. This is preseason. Suns. Uh -huh. my, my pick in the West is the Suns. All right? Now, it ain't looking good. I think what we seventh seed right now. <laughs> We're going to put it together. And we'll talk now, a little Bradley Bill. He finally got back out there. We'll say that again? Bradley Bill missed early on. So we right. gotta, we, we, we'll, be, we'll be fair. Okay. In that sense, that's some time. So, so, so it's going to be interesting. Um, I'll be honest with you. You know, I like the underdogs. I like the storylines. Um, I had the Clippers a year ago, or maybe two years ago. I had the Clippers. Um, I was high on the Clippers, and then it didn't happen. Bro, if I could pick again, it would be hard for me not to pick the Clippers. I'm really excited about this team, bro. Really am. So you said that, you know, we'll see if they can put it all together. Do you think, because there was another big game in, in, in last night in the NBA. NBA was on fire last, last night, bro. I think I'm getting more excited about the NBA than I am about the NFL, for real. Like, I told Ashley that yesterday, bro. Like, you know, me and you kind of opposite. You watch more football uh, probably yeah. than I do, and I might be watching more. I think I might be watching more basketball than you're watching basketball right now. Huh? Yeah, I'm a big football guy, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, before we transition there, so w w w tell me give, me, give me an update on the season. We're halfway through NFL season. W w what's your thoughts there? Any, any, any players you're, you're, you're feeling? I know you're a big Bears fan, right? But any other teams that you're excited about? Give me, give me your halfway uh, synopsis, if I said that right. Y'all know I'm how actually, chopping up words. I'm excited about this season because I can't really – this is the first season I can't really say, well – they going to the Super Bowl. You know, like every year you can kind of like. Ah, yes. It's, it's a team that's like, you know, going to the Super Bowl. Bro, you so used the word earlier. Week, you said parity. There's more parity in the NBA. There's more parity in the NFL. It's exactly that. Yeah. 
It's crazy. That's that's the thing that I love about the NFL. So I do these little um, these football sheets or whatever that we got these little football sheets that we do. You pick your team, whatever, and you bet twenty five bucks on a little football sheets. And every week it's so hard. I can't win this thing. Like you never know. Like that's what makes it like. And I and I know you hate to judge like that, but it's like a fun thing that we do, me and my guys. But it's so hard to win because every week is something different. Then obviously I'm the ultimate Bears fan, so I'm I'm disappointed, you know, every week, wondering what we're trying to do and what we're building, especially without Justin Fields playing. So doesn't make it as more of an exciting season for me as a fan, right? Because um, I'm a big Justin Fields guy, you know that. Do so you keep I, Justin you know. Fields? Do you keep Justin Fields, or do you go after uh, what is it, Caleb Williams at USC? I like Justin Fields. I like a guy that's proven. He's young. Um, you can continue to build I around agree. him. I think I think he going into the draft and starting over again, and the Bears. To be honest, as an organization, we're not going to do the right thing to <laughs> no, <laughs> no for this kid. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm a I'm a diehard, so I'm a, I'm allowed to say that. I've been in the trenches with as a fan, so I feel like I'm allowed to say that. But I would let us stay where we at right now. I think you know, obviously injuries happen and they're part of the game. But I think Justin's right there to turn the corner, and he's only going to get better. All right, before, before we move on to Wimby, I want to talk a little, we're going to shift to Wimby. I, I was going to go to the Celtics and uh, the Sixers last night. I think that Joel Embiid is the, the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum's kryptonite. Um, but we're going to go to Wimby. But before we go to Wimby, all right, because he was at MSG last night, um, yep. talk a little bit more about the Bears. Your top five skill players ever. No, let's go top seven skill players ever for the Chicago Bears. I gave you seven. Top five. Top seven. Skill players? Skill, running back, cornerback, receiver, quarterback. In the history of the Bears? Punt returner, kick returners, all of that, yes. Wow. Are you... I mean, or, 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 or give me, let me make it easier for you. Give me your top seven most electric players ever. Electric. Could score any time. So, you know, so you're making me go back in the history of the, Bruh, of the Bears? It don't matter. You can go back to 19. Oh, you know, Brandon, George, Hollis, you me, you know George Hollis was, he was one of the founding members Brandon, of the you NFL. Want, Brandon, Brandon, I know you know. I know you want to be a part of this list. That's yeah, that's thing. what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> I, yes, yes. <laughs> I already know you want to be a part of this list. Yeah. But I don't know. I might have to take Willie Gold over you. What? <laughs> Bro, Willie Gold, the speedster. I may have to take him over you. You tell me my top seven. Don't I'm do this for down. TV. Don't do this for YouTube right now. Don't do this for YouTube, bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. You know Willie I brought Gold a lot of excitement good? to the city when I came, boy. They was like, oh, B-Marsh done. B-Marsh washed you, up. You, you did. We was geeked up, but you you wasn't a deep threat, B. We, we, we used to, Willie Go. you know what I mean? I so what you that. want? What you want? You want Willie Go, who legend? Devin Hester. We got Devin Hester, probably the greatest kickoff returner, one of the greatest kickoff returners, punt returners ever. Okay, but well, let me say what this Willie Goat thing. Obviously Walter Payton. Okay, but, but, but we, 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 okay, we passed that. We passed that. We, we're talking about Willie Goat now. Willie Goat, Brandon Marshall. Willie Goat, Brandon Marshall. I'm thinking about great receivers that we had. You told me to go into the Bruh, top seven. You can't give me number one greatest uh, Bears receiver of all time. I can't get that. Because you see, you popped this question. Cr- on me. So Bruh, I went on a crazy run in, in Chicago. Huh? I went on a crazy run in Chicago. I never paid for a stake in Chicago, bro. And I, <laughs> I'm just I, like, it was amazing. I used to go eat dinner. Let me tell you about Chicago. 
Oh my good, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, bro. Y'all treated me so good. And this is how me and Twan uh, uh, formed our relationship. I would be going down in um but I, the west but, side, the West but, Loop or whatever, and I would B, see Twan hey, right there also, getting here. You make your, hey, when you make your story though, and I'm not taking anything, and I'm just teasing you right now about where I rank you at. But you also gotta put this in perspective. Please do this. Chicago's had terrible quarterbacks in the history of being a Chicago Bears. You've argued, you had the best gunslinger that we had. Jay Cutler was the best gunslinger that we had. So what? So what you? So so because I played with no, Jay I'm Cutler, now you're going to you knock my value down. And you had a great relationship coming from Denver with him too, as well. So I'm not. I'm not saying. That. I'm just saying you had you had a better quarterback than a lot of other receivers that have came through Chicago. Okay. Is right, what well, this, this is what I would say before we move on to Wimby. This is what it I would looks say. Because like, like now you're trying, to hold, you're trying to hold that I played with Jay Cutler uh, against me. That's what you're trying to do. No, I'm holding it. That, that's a good thing. You had a good quarterback. A guy that could, I, was a, I was a Jay Cutler fan. I wasn't like some of these Chicago people. I thought Jay was good. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you love Jay. I love Jay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you all two stories, right? Jay Cutler was, during this time, we were throwing a lot of interceptions. We weren't really moving the ball. Defense was playing exceptionally well, right? Um, I just got to Chicago. I'm on fire, right? So the first story I was going to tell you guys is because this is how legendary my time in Chicago was. Opening day in Chicago, first game of the season, we're playing against the Indianapolis Colts at home, Soldier Field. I go out there. I have 119 yards and maybe a touchdown or two. Boom, amazing start. We win the game. Soon as I get in the locker room, I get a call. Hey, Brandon. Do you want to go to Michael Jordan's house? Michael Jordan called me. Come over to the crib. Michael Jordan's people, not Michael Jordan. Let me, let me stop capping. It wasn't Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan ain't called me himself. But the people called me. And I go to the crib that's still on the market. This house has been on the market for damn near 15 years. You know the house I'm talking about. You've probably been over there a bunch. Why won't that house sell? I'm sorry I'm getting <laughs> off track here. But it's been on the market for 15 years. But anyways, that was my introduction to Chicago and the whole sports world there. So that was legendary. But anyways, now my second story, because you brought up Jay Cutler. So everybody walking around the city, Jay Cutler this, Jay Cutler that. You were one of the real ones that stuck by Jay Cutler, okay? Yep. My dad came home one day. You know, he was walking around the city. Everybody in Chicago knew my dad. He comes his son, man, everybody, they mad at Jay Cutler. I said, well, dad, what did you tell all these people when you was walking around the city? He said, I love Jay Cutler. He throw my son the ball. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I, we love Jay Cutler in my house. <laughs> you right, bro. <laughs> hey, Jay Cutler looked back. I had three guys on me. He's still throwing the ball. Bro, it didn't matter. He is coming, bro. That's, but it, a, that's, that's a great thing, though. <laughs> that's right. That's to your point. That's to your point. All right, uh, so shifting gears here. Um, so we had, we're going to talk a little bit of Wimby here. Yeah. And then after we talk Wimby, guys, this will be the this will be the end of the video component of you, on YouTube, and you guys will be able to watch or listen to the rest on SiriusXM. Antoine and I will go for another 30 minutes on the audio version of our platform. This is Antoine Walker, Brandon Marshall. This is Paper Route. Uh, no Ashley Nicole Moss. She's somewhere in Belize or uh, Jamaica. I don't know what island she's traveling to, but she has a cool little deal she's working on, and she needs a little bit of me time. She's been working her tail off. And then Brandon Flower's been holding it down for us as well. So we're talking hoops. We talked a little football, which wasn't in our run of the show. And now we're going to talk Wimby before we end this YouTube live stream. 
After Victor Wimbiama said he thought MSG would be bigger, Tuan, it was Victor who came up small at the Garden. He made only four of 14 shots and missed all four of his three-point attempts. Tuan, Mr. Shimmy, what was your reaction to his game last night? Um, he's going to have nights like this as, as a rookie. I mean, I know one playing in Madison Square Garden is very special. Uh, me being a player, I look forward to it. I had some special nights there. It's nothing like having a, a monster game in MSG. And he'll understand that. He'll he'll understand the history of that and, and, and get a feel for that. The Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryants, the LeBron James, the Antoine Walkers of the world that have big games. And the superstars have big games in Madison Square Garden. That's the Mecca. So we all look forward to playing in, in that arena. Right. Um, he'll get that. It'll grow on him. He'll understand how important that is. But it's going to be nice like this. It's going to be growing pains for him. You got to think, as the season goes along, more film is going to be out. So people will know how to defend him a little different. This is the growth and the learning period. And it's very early. But he has to understand, once you start to get 5, 10, 15, 20 games to the season, teams know you. The scouting report um, comes out. They're going to start defending you better. They're going to find out your strengths and weaknesses, and he has to continue to worry about work on that. Right. And hopefully, hopefully he'll understand that. And but that's the difference, and and where he has an advantage at is that he has a Popovich that's going to help him and guide him through that. You got to think he don't necessarily have the personnel on that roster yet. He doesn't have the veterans okay. and those okay. type of things to help him through that. Okay. So, so let's just, let's stay right the there. Go okay, ahead. I like Pop. I like that. You're right about that. This is why this is really interesting. It's a really interesting team right now. Talking about personnel, so what guy would you like to see as his sidekick? He's Batman. Who's Robin? Like, it could be anybody in the league. Who can they go after? What move can they make potentially before the trade deadline this year or maybe it's next year? I would like to see him with a, a, a dominant point guard. Um, a point guard who can make things like a lot. I would. Um, it's tough to throw throw a name no, out. No, bro, you can't just say this a dominant point guard. Say I hate when you do this, bro. Get messy. Well, Give me a name. Well, we go get somebody. That's the thing, because when it requires that, I have to go into looking at free agents. I gotta look at guys got one year left on their deal. Okay, but let's not look at it that way. Let's say perfect world. Like I know you. I, I see where you're going because you want to keep your credibility. You don't want to be like me where people are like, we ain't listening to Brandon Marshall talk about no NBA. <laughs> no, say no salary cap ain't a problem. Years on deals, nothing. But you say, man, this be these will be five perfect sidekicks for Wimby. Or it, it, whatever. Would, it could be two, it could be three, or whatever you want to throw out there. Five. I don't think, you know, it's five is a big number. I don't want to have to think that hard right now okay. in the league. I to, like, really scream through it. I would like to see him with an aggressive scoring point guard that demands, well, in the pick and roll, they'll be special. So let's take a guy that's not playing right now. You know who I would love to see him play with? A guy who's not playing right now. John Yep, John Moran. <laughs> yeah. I know that probably would never happen. Right. But I, I would they like might to see if him he if he pull out if he pull out a pistol again, they might. He might be on the market. <laughs> but we don't. Let alone playing for San Antonio, he might not be in the league. That's a whole other story. But um, I would like to see him with a, and I basically say that to say I would like to see him with a dynamic point guard that demands double teams, that demands certain things in pick and rolls. That's going to allow Ooh, him to free up. I got it, Twan. 
Sorry to cut you off. Go on. Go on. You got a player? Oh, I got it, Tuan. Give me a player. LaMelo. Love it. Ooh. Love it. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It. A great passer. Great in the pick and roll. He can score it. You want to make life easy for him. You got to think about this. What made Tim Duncan and David Robinson earn this kid yeah. great? Totally. Tony Parker. Tony Parker was great. He was great for those guys. Great in the pick and roll. You know what I mean? Going to get them six to eight easy points. Everything right now, if you watch Wemby, everything is so hard for him right now. He's doing, and, and that's what makes him, that's how you know he's going to be special. He don't have anybody coming down, giving him lobs at the rim, running pick and rolls, making him get easy buckets, things. Everything right now is hardcore for him. Tuan, I got another everything. one. I got another one, Tuan. See, I might, I might know more basketball than you, cause I, I'm throwing out. Well, <laughs> I threw out John. You were saying this. You were, you were about to say John Moran, but I got there a little sooner. And then I said Lamelo, <laughs> and you was like, I love it. I got another one that you're gonna love, and it could potentially happen. What's that? Trey Young. And, yeah. And, you know, uh, we don't love it as much as Lamelo. Well, I think he's a scoring point guard. Um, had a lot of success. I mean, not saying that he Trey won't pass it, but really a scoring point guard, looks for his a lot. I'm trying to think of guys that's going to make life easier for him. Who's going to get him that six to ten points where he doesn't have to work with that seven-five height is, it comes into play where he's just catching a couple things at the rim, making it easy for him. Mm. That's, that, that's mm. where it's at. Mm. That's where it's at for me. Yeah, it's going. It's it's, it's, def, it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, let me go here real quick and then. Think we'll... about this. Like, think about Steve Nash and Dirk. And I know obviously Dirk was, you know, but think about it. You want a situation where Steve Nash made life easy for Dirk because mm. he was so he could score the basketball. He's such a great passer, I, and I played with I'm, him. I'm losing. I'm losing. I'm gonna lose credibility here. I, I'm gonna be honest, uh, Tuan. I I don't. I remember. I know he played for D Dallas, but uh, I I don't remember the games. So and how dynamic him and Dirk was. When I think of dynamic, I think of uh, Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. So I'm losing credibility here. But you know, I'm always honest. Not really, but I mean, you still think about it. That's still a big man that yep. he made life easy for. How many dunks did you see Stoudemire get off the pick and roll with him and Steve Nash? But it felt like that was the whole game. Okay, then that's what I'm saying. We got to get one being one of those situations. It may take a while, but once they get a point guard like that, that can get him six to ten points. That way, imagine how good this guy going to be. They can shoot the three. He's so skilled. Think about this now. That's, that average is going to go from 16 to 17 to 26 immediately mm. once he plays with a great point guard. Mm. Now, now, okay, all right. Last question I have on this, and then we'll go to break, and we'll be on SiriusXM Faction Talk Channel 103, audio only. Um, will it take... Will it take Wimby longer than it took LeBron to become one of the best players in the NBA? No, because I, I don't think I don't think it will. I think um, San Antonio is learning how good this guy can be. They're, they're a great organization as far as putting guys around their superstars. I'm just going off the history. Um, and it depends on how long Pop. Is Pop grooming somebody to step up and be the next coach? How long is he going to stay in the mix and the fire with the Spurs? Um and we know he he's enjoyed developing guys, um, but at some point, you know, Pop is a competitor. It's a guy that's you know a Hall of Fame coach. He wants to win, 
um, they're going to move fast. You, this is a generational talent. This is a guy that can be great for the next 15 years, and you don't want to waste this. So you want to make sure they put talent around them. So I think they're going to be super aggressive next year in the free agent market um, to put pieces around them. I think this year is a fill-out year to see how good he really is, see where he can be great at, see where you can add value in around him, what's going to be needed to make that team great, and not to waste his talent. Mm. I think the Spurs, they're going to be very active and, and building around this young guy. Well, that will be it for our video component of today's show. Myself and Antoine Walker will continue after this break. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of LeBron James and LeBron saying, Antoine, that um, he will still be the king without Miami now. Antoine Walker was a guy that was on a championship team. Was that 2006, Twan? Yes, 2006. 2006. So when we talk about the Heat culture, Tuan will be able to dive into what that exactly is. We talked about that yesterday with Ashley Nicole Moss and Brandon Flowers. And uh, this is something that we've been talking about all week. Now that we have an expert on today, we want to get his thoughts and continue that conversation. Uh, again, this is the end of our video component. If you want to continue to hear us debate and me continue to prove that I'm an expert in NBA with Antoine Walker on. Follow us on SiriusXM, Faction Talk, Channel 103. We'll see y'all after this break. Man, I've learned, man, you can't, breaking a woman's heart is one of the biggest curses you can get from God. Oh my goodness. Because when you break a woman's heart, man, I asked women, I started asking women how they feel, man. You know, a woman told me, two women told me it feel like death. Well, men got to realize, if we can't take it, don't dish it out. Because imagine, you know, when we go cheat, but then imagine we, we envisualize when she cheat and she got that leg cocked up and she just screaming for dear like, oh, oh, she's just, you're going to be like, that's it. Whoever you with at the moment, scout me. Yeah, you picturing it, you, you thinking about yeah. it. So it's like, if men, if men had to see that, I think men would be more faithful. But women know they can't show that because the world judged them too much. But that's really what it is. People, people just want to do what they want to do. And a woman be so mad because the world won't let her do what she want to do because they call her a hoe. A hoe. Yeah. Right? That's why I just be honest. I just don't want to wake up right now. There's nobody in my bed every morning. Like, how that sound? Right. <laughs> just think about that. Even though, like, <laughs> Nobody don't like sleeping with each other. Man. Right. You can't talk on the phone, right? Homeboy. It's just you about you talking business. It's like you got to wake up with the same person. So you tell me you want to watch the same thing on TV. Like, like sleeping in the same bed. I just think that's the nobody, nobody, right. so, nobody don't want to do that. Women just rather do it because it's easy for them to be with one person because the world is set like that and it's beautiful to have that companion and it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful production. So you don't believe that a, there, there's a man and woman could. You want me to tell the truth? Yeah, what you well, Coach Wayne is out here to tell the truth that nobody in the world takes. I don't even think a woman want it. She want it, but when she get in it, you don't think she want to slip out too? That same feeling come across her. Yeah, she, I believe that. She just mad because she held it. She had to go use a rose, and she, she had to use her imagination, right. and right. we go out there and got to feel the real tangible thing. I don't know. I don't know if I'm subscribing to that. I think, you think that, oh, you think women don't feel that? I think that the problem is that there's two broken. Yes, this is bro. bro. Can let me get? If men do women for real, yeah. we, we we wouldn't even be talking this calm. I think the problem is that broken people are getting together. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not talking from a place of being nah, an expert right what now. What you said? No, that's expertise. You got to accept that was an expert comment. That, bro. 
And you know what? Everybody say that, but you saying that that come with this carpet. <laughs> Broken people are getting together. And the problem is, nobody fits. People just fits a little more than the next person. Mm -hmm. So what it is, broken people, man, they got to go to God together. And, and, but also, like, we in our community, we say uh, God, Jesus is the ultimate healer. But, like, some people need to do some intensive therapy. Some people may need medicine. Some people may need, you know, yoga, mm -hmm. right, meditation. So it's like there's a, there's a few things that we got to do because I believe, like, you know, if we all got shit, we all mm -hmm. dealing with stuff. That's real. But yeah. if you work on you and I work on me, then we come together, then we got a, we got a chance. But there's, we don't got a chance. But that's why the divorce rate is 70, 80 percent. We don't got a chance. Like, work on your shit. Let me work on my shit. Come together. Because, like, when you asked me and it was uncomfortable, you was like, are you in love? Like, I think. Yeah. But what I realized is I was about to repeat the same cycle. So we yeah. had to come together, and it's like, this ain't it. Yeah. And it was so beautiful because it was like, you go do you, I'm going to go do me, and if it's meant to be, we come back together. But if we stay together right now, it's going to be the same thing. Sometimes it fits you, ain't the best you. Mm. Because like <laughs> when you go to, when you go to um, Paris and all these places, it's the imperfections of the place that make it perfect. Mm. It's the mountains uneven, and, and, and when you go to the beach, it's the, right. the dirty water. And, and, and what we're looking for is perfection, and mm. that's not what you're going to get. No, nah, we ain't going to get perfection. Because imperfect means I'm perfect. You know, God is perfect. So it's because if, we if we were perfect, we'll give our glory to perfection. So he makes everybody imperfect so you can have a flaw, so you can stay humble. So cause we all got flaws. So when I look at another man, that's it's that, that, that thorn in your side. Yeah, so I never judge because we all got flaws. So he got everybody imperfect for a reason. And, and when you truly love a person, you love the imperfections. Now the problem becomes, when you, even if you love their imperfections, they don't love the imperfections. Yeah, came up from the mud. It's like I walk around with a shoe stain. Uncle gave me fire when we kicked it. He was Lou Kane. Remember we were struggling for it, then I needed loose change. Now the money never stopped, and I feel like I'm Bruce Wayne. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. 
The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So we're back here on Sirius XM Faction Talk Channel 103. It's myself and Antoine Walker. We just ended our video YouTube stream, and now we're just focused on all of our daytime drivers, nighttime listeners. Uh, Tuan, you don't have to smile anymore and act like you like me, because now it's just audio <laughs> only, okay? Okay, I got <laughs> My dog. I love my bro, man. Um, we've been having this conversation all week, and I'm sure you've been having a conversation as well on other shows and in Chicago and the barbershop, um, wherever you've been over the last week, Tuan. Um, we've been talking about LeBron James saying that he would still be King James without those four seasons and two championships with Miami. Um, I want to throw to this a soundbite of Gilbert Arenas uh, talking about it, and then I uh, want to get your live reaction right after this, right? So as soon as we come out of this audio, I want you to... Um, do we have it, BC? You dropping your hit? Are we good on the audio? Okay, good. I want to get your live reaction uh, right after this soundbite, Gilbert Arenas, from his show on Wednesday. Uh, he Did you hear it? should look Here like go. Golden State culture. Why should it? They it and then them. it wouldn't be heat culture. Because they be, drafted It would be Golden State culture. No, what I'm saying is they drafted those players and built them. Right, you're, you're pretending you're building these players because before LeBron got there, first round loss. Uh, it says 15 and 67, first round loss, first round loss, first round loss. Then LeBron and the crew came, and then they went to the championship, and then they won a championship, and then they won a championship, and then they went to the championship. LeBron left. LeBron left. Wade and the Heat culture and Bosch is still there. Uh, no playoffs. Where was the? Did he take the Heat culture with him? Twan. <laughs> um, I don't quite know what Gil was getting at with that with that comment. Um, the Heat culture has been there since that organization started and drafted Alonzo Mourning. Um, that's when the Heat culture started. Obviously, hiring Pat Riley. But then with drafting Alonzo Mourning, um, they became uh, tough, um, a team that worked hard, um, that was going to compete and compete against you. Um, and that's what they've been. I mean, Pat Riley's ran that organization like that um, since they started, since he took over. And Sproulstrom being the guy that he developed and, and went up, was, was under him, um, kind of took that over. Um, I can recall, and people don't understand, he hired Stan Van Gundy um, was the coach when I came into uh, Miami. And he felt like Stan couldn't get it done with a with a talented group that we had um, when he assembled in 05, 06. Who, who did y'all have? We was, this, was, this is when myself, uh, Shaq was one year in, um, came in, um, Gary Payton, James Posey, Jason Williams, Oof. we all end up joining the team. Um, so that culture that has been, he's built that type of culture. It's, it's been there. So I, I disagree on that. The culture's not, didn't but, leave. But can you see what he's saying? Like, you, well, let, let me see if I can maybe help him articulate it a little better for you. So he goes and he says Golden State drafted those players, right? So, like, there's a difference between when you say, like... Um, 
100% it is a difference. I do I do agree with that. Okay. And then That's it's like, what... it's like, because there's so many components to it. And, and like, we had this conversation all week, myself, Ashley, and Brandon Flowers, and it's like you're throwing so many different perspectives in there or even different conversations. So now you're talking about that, the culture. Then where's LeBron coming from? LeBron, you know, I feel like LeBron is responding to a D-Wade podcast from a couple weeks ago when D-Wade was like, LeBron needed me in that moment. He needed me, right? And I feel like after so many after so many uh, uh, years of this, like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, 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 LeBron is, is kind of touching his ego where he's like, bro, I was, I was the chosen one when I was in elementary school. Have we forgotten that, right? And so I feel like there's so many people having different conversations, but as far as this Gilbert Arenas take, like, Gilbert is basically saying, like, y'all was not good since y'all left, since, since y'all won that championship in 2006. There was a huge drought. Then y'all go get LeBron, who was playing on a high level, but he just didn't get over the hump and win the championship. He didn't win the finals. And they go, what, to how many, four, what, four, four, four finals? They win two? And then since then, it took them how many years to get back to a finals? And I think that's what Gilbert is trying to highlight is that LeBron was the, the biggest piece. LeBron was the one that got that done. And LeBron is right. He was King James with or without the Miami Heat. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, it's that's a tough comparison because if you lose a LeBron James or D Wade, um, I think Bosch and then Bosch end up getting what can we say Bosch got sick? Blood clots. Blood clots. I mean you're gonna have a you're gonna have a drought. It's hard to replace that type of talent, the guys that can play twenty plus years, that would have kept your organization intact for the next ten years possibly. I mean LeBron is still playing at a unbelievable high high level right now i mean we're still talking about the lakers every day so it's it's that's hard that's you can't really make you that's that's huge to replace those guys so you should have a gap the heat went to the finals with guys that they basically took undrafted guys that played in the d league and went to the finals as the ac so the culture's there it's never left hard work grinding it out Every day, defensive-minded. That's been the Heat culture since Pat Riley took that over. Hmm. And I think we can't we can't lose focus of that. Um, the, that that that's a mainstay. Even now, I mean, you, we don't know how we 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 don't even have the confidence to say we don't know how good the Heat going to be. I don't like the Miami Heat roster, but I like the coaching staff, and I know what Eric Spoelstra and Pat Riley demands on a daily basis. Right. Let me so, ask you this I, question. Let me ask you this question because I want to stay. I want to stay in in this space a little bit with you um, mm -hmm. around LeBron and this whole conversation. Um, would he still be the king, you know, with or without Miami? Um, who benefited more from the relationship, the Heat or LeBron? Um, I would say LeBron. He needed him. I mean, LeBron could have. He was obviously we know LeBron was that good in Cleveland. He was getting to the finals. He was making deep playoff runs before joining the Heat. Um, but we know to get over the hump, he needed to pair up with another superstar. He needed um, an organization that was going to put the right pieces around him. And Miami pulled the trigger on all those things, adding the boss, a Shane Battier, um, drafting a Mario Chambers, a Mike Miller, a James Jones. I mean, they did a great job of putting the pieces around him. And also, Udonis Haslam, obviously, he was drafted. So they had 
the right pieces around LeBron for him to make those runs. And there's only certain organizations that are going to do that. And Pat Riley knew that LeBron was a, uh, no, a generational talent, and he wasn't going to waste having him on that roster. He did whatever they had to do to make that happen. Right. I think that's what, that's what made, makes it special. So if LeBron doesn't go to the Heat, all right, let's say he attracts another superstar or two in Cleveland. Let's say there's a different scenario. He goes to Chicago, and we know that LeBron, like, I think that was their first option. Correct me if I'm wrong. LeBron, Bosh, mm. and Wade, they all wanted to go to Chicago, or and it didn't pan out? Is, is that true? Well, no, no. I, I, I think, you know, LeBron was, more so than Wade, I think LeBron was looking for a running mate. In Cleveland, if you think about it, and if you go back to the history of it, we always like, who's LeBron going to pair with? <clears throat> it was hard. Obviously, he played with Mo Williams, um, and Mo was a good player. He wasn't a great player. Mo was a good player. But we all knew that Cleveland wasn't a free agent destination. And we knew big-time free agents probably were not going to go to live in Cleveland. Regardless of what people say, you know, players want to play in nice cities and different things like that. I'm not saying that Cleveland's not a nice city, but it's not the most attractive city for a lot of players. Mm. And I, we we knew that was going to be a problem, and I think LeBron knew that. And I and behind the scenes, and I don't know this, I'm pretty sure LeBron may have reached out to different guys, and they probably would love, yeah, I would love to come play with you, but I don't know if I want to be in Cleveland. So, so uh, if, if if LeBron, so, so oh, go ahead, finish. No, go ahead. I think that I think that played a part. So, so if LeBron never goes to Miami and, and say he did attract, you know, uh, that number two to Cleveland, which I agree with you, it wasn't attractive. It's not a destination. But let's say he did. Let's say he went to Chicago. Let's say he landed up uh, maybe in Dallas with Dirk or something. Does he still win two, three championships? It depends. Um... And, and the reason why I asked that, because it's a loaded question. Say, the reason why I asked that is because I, think, I feel like what's happening right now, Big Bro. I feel yeah. like what LeBron is saying when you hear that statement, I was I would have been a king with or without Miami. It's like, yo, if I was, it's just a situation. I needed help, Cleveland. Like you just said it, Mo 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 was my number two. Like think about it, what he did, and so everybody is. It's almost like they're devaluing him by saying. Oh, he needed Bosch. He needed the Heat. It's like, no, I needed a better situation. Well, I would say this, and I and I take it a step further. And this is a great conversation, and we could debate about this all the time. But I think when LeBron ran with Cleveland, I believe, honestly, especially that the, the Eastern Conference was not as good as the Western Conference. And I remember mm. when I first started. I remember when I first started getting on TV, and LeBron was trying to pick and choose where he wanted to play. It. I felt like LeBron should have stayed in Cleveland because it was an easier chance for him to get to the finals to win a championship because the Eastern Conference was not as good as the Western Conference. I felt the Western Conference, you had a lot of monsters. It was going to be difficult if he went West. And if you go West, you got to go to the super right situation right. and you got to make sure that somebody going with you. Yeah. So I thought staying in the East was going to give him the best opportunity for him to win NBA titles. And lo and behold, that's why he went. He went to the finals and that's why he was had opportunities to go to the finals by himself. That's why he was able to get there by himself. But when you get to the finals, I mean, you need some running mates to go along with you because you're playing a, a really good team that's coming out the West. And that's what we saw. That's how they got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. We saw this happen. 
I mean, you got to think about LeBron. Yeah, that is a good point. That is a good point because when you think about it, back then it was what the Lakers, even the Suns, because you had Nash and Amari Stoudemire, they they gave people problems. The Spurs. You think you about just... the, he had a run, and this is this is you got to think about the NBA. We it was a it was a span there for about three to four years that we knew it was going to be Golden State and Cleveland. When all the we can see all the moves that went on in the summer, all these different things. We knew the last two teams that were going to be standing were Golden State and Cleveland. It was a good three, four-year run that we knew that. Right. And that, that, so we knew – so we, it was a matter of fact, do LeBron – it was basically the conversations was, can LeBron add another guy to help him go against Golden State? Do we got another piece that can help him? We were more worried about that. Hmm. Then more so than him getting there. We knew that he was going to get there. We knew Golden State was going to be there. So people can't – they got to look at that era and that that run. It was a little three-, four-year gap where we kind of knew what was going to happen before right. the season started. We knew Golden State was going to be there. We knew Cleveland was going to come out the East. So that's where LeBron separates himself because he took a lot of – he took those teams that were less talented. He didn't have a big three. He didn't have what, you know, Steph and Clay and Draymond and all those guys had. He had to be the king every night. In those playoff runs, he had to be different. That's why LeBron's on that 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 special list of two guys where we have that debate with right. him and Michael. <laughs> right. Like, let's be real. That's why that conversation comes, and that's why it makes it so tough for people. Yeah, I, you know what, though? But the list should be three, though. I know we're talking LeBron, but it, Kobe, Kobe should oh, be in that debate, too, right? Like, Kobe's, Kobe had another great, but Kobe run was with Shaq. When the most dominant center playing in his prime, when Shaq was unbelievable in that run, he won without with Shaq though. But the, no, he won two without Shaq. Right, and he built it. I like it. He made Paul Gasol a real a real gangster, as we say. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? He made Paul Gasol that. So I mean, all the I, way to I, the I Hall of Fame. <laughs> I agree. Right, I agree. I'm be. I ain't gonna hold you. I never. I never loved Paul Gasol's game, bro. I never did. You never held, loved this game? No, I, not like that. Like, mm-mm. I played against Powell. I, I mean, very skilled, big man, long. Um, not super athletic, but he was long, you know, um, and he was skilled. Um, but yeah, I think but when Kobe, you think about the bigs back then, though, you had you still had Shaq. You had you had. Uh, I mean, you had uh, the the boys, the big the the the, the trees over in uh, uh, San Antonio, the Spurs, right? Like you, he wasn't he wasn't. You had Dwight, right? You had like he he just didn't pop. He wasn't to me. He wasn't a top five big in that era. That's why I said that. Do I, I do I respect it? I respect it, but he wasn't like that. Which but further you proves your point that Kobe would look what he did with him. But let me let me let me tell you this though, and this is where the league has changed that. Well, the league obviously has more te- television games when, and we get to see every team in the league play. It's totally different. Back then, by them being in Vancouver when they started and then Memphis, they didn't really have a lot of TV games. So if you didn't have the dish, you didn't get to see a Paul Gasol on a national TV stage. So you really didn't know how good he was. You know, they didn't put bad teams on TV back then. Right. And once they started playing better, and obviously when he got to the Lakers, now we got to see Paul Gasol. 
So that's why he just didn't have the big name. But if you played in the league, you knew how good he was. Right, right, right. So that's why pairing him with Kobe was unbelievable. Now, Kobe instilled that toughness in him. Just think about this. Those guys became best friends. I mean, real best friends. Where they went real. outside the basketball court. Where they yeah. families emerged. That's that's interesting that you say that. Sorry to cut you off because like I always I always wondered that you know you saw Paul post like I mean you know rest in peace Kobe and how he yeah. stood up and how he embraced Vanessa and the family and Vanessa embraced them. I always wondered like was they because because Kobe was somebody who didn't really make friends with a lot of people. Oh, they were very close, man. That 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 don't happen overnight, B. You know that. Um, and I understand we've seen players step up and help other guys out, but they they had a real special relationship and that's why they had success Kobe was able to push him um build that stuff that toughness in him make him a winner right um that don't just happen overnight Paul Gasol was was great in the playoffs in that run um and putting in numbers and being consistent and being that 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 uh that Robin right he was he was great at that role so so no that was, I, that's great I always love talking to you about basketball bro like your basketball mind is like up there with some of the the best in the business. It's like it's like sitting down with you know I, I love sitting down with the Peyton Mannings or the Tom Brady's of the world mm -hmm. or the Ray Lewis's and, and y'all have y'all have those same locker room talks as well. I'm sure when y'all kumbaya y'all and y'all catch up, but it's like <laughs> man hearing those legends talk and tell those stories, bro. It's like priceless. Well, I, I think you know it's different, but I would say this though, to be honest with you. Speaking for me, and it's, it's different guys to this game, and I, you know that, and you talk to different guys. Like, you you a sports We love all aspects of the game. Right. So it's a different. We understand all the aspects of it. That's just that's what's where I speak from, and I, I always – I am. I know – and being able to win at, at, at college and then pro level and being able – I've been very blessed to play around a lot of superstars. Right. I mean, obviously a Hall of Famers. Play with them and be in the locker room with them and be around them. And that goes all the way back to Michael Jordan. But the what it takes to win and, and at that level, at this level, is is, is so hard. And the, everything has to align in place. Um, you got to stay healthy. You got to have um, team continuity. You got to be able to put up with stuff. I mean, you know, there's, there's things that you got to be able to sacrifice. And everybody ain't willing to do that. Right. And that's why when you talked about the Kobe Paul Gasol, I, you just knew they had a special relationship. Right. So and I, and, and, he, and he brought he made he made he made Paul a Hall of Famer. That's right. That's right. For he real. Made Paul of, let's keep it real. That's right. I mean, Paul made him a Hall of Famer. It's the reason why Paul went into the Hall. Story time with Brandon Marshall, Antoine Walker, right here on SiriusXM Faction Talk Channel One Hundred Three. We appreciate all of our listeners, everyone driving in your car, um, and rocking with the show. Um, before we go and throw to a Tyreek Hill conversation, exclusive with Tyreek Hill. Um, Twan, how do you see this NBA season panning out, right? Come on, you're, you got, you're, you're, you're what do they call it? Not a genie in a bottle, but you're the, you're the guy, like you can predict the future. What's going to happen this NBA season? So come June, what's happening? Well, first of all, let me say this, and you know, I wish you would have me on earth. I don't like the end-season tournament. I mm. understand why they did it. I, I don't like it. Um, I think the NBA has its own unique space in, in history and the way we do things. Um, there's nothing wrong sometimes. I think 
No, we don't need to steal. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. I think in the, in the league right now, they're trying to reinvent the wheel all the time. I think the fan base and people love the way the, the game is the way it is. Um, and and that's me being a historian, a love for the game. I don't think you need to add that. I'm not a big component of it, um, that part of it. But I do see this season. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't, I can't, I can't let you ride out like that. Torn, no, the been, reason why they had to do it is it, was, it wasn't to try to change, like to follow another trend. It's like y'all, y'all, your, your guys, your NBA guys aren't playing ball until March. Well, I, I disagree with that. It depends on that. I disagree with that. I think every team is different. I think, you know, different coaches handle their team. Obviously, at the end of the season, you want to be healthy. You want to have every opportunity to get into the playoffs and be healthy and, and compete for a title. I think every team, um, you know, handles that situation a certain way. I think when it comes to awards, we got to make the best players play. Great players like uh, awards. You know that, Brandon. Great players like awards. So at the end of the day, you just put stipulations on their um, awards. No, it's money. It's money. No, 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 no. You're wrong again. You're wrong again. Great. We like money, Twan. Come on, Twan. Think, come on now, big bro. Listen. We if they like said, money, if, God, listen, the money, you make the it. The, if, just the imagine if no we, just like imagine if we wasn't. Football, Brandon. You don't need to have, I mean, don't get me wrong. Extra money is extra money. But you're not telling, a half a million dollars for some of these guys is not going to change their life. Facts. Facts. It's not going to change their life. You know, some of the guys that's down later on the, on the bench, the, the ninth, 10th, 12th guy, of course they can use an extra half a million dollars. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying it's not going to change their life. You got guys now, that, that could have been said probably 10 years ago. You got guys now making 65, 70 million in I one know, year. Bro. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know. It's different. <laughs> we can't talk the money game anymore. Torn, can you we imagine? Can, hey, Torn, what if we was playing in the NBA, NFL right now, bro? That's what I'm saying. When you I was playing, to, like, bro, you got what number one wide receivers making twenty million, twenty more million dollars than I did in the prime, and that was just that was just five, six years ago. The money is crazy now. And I'm pretty sure you're upset when you see. I ain't upset. I ain't upset. You know why I ain't upset? Because I hate it. <laughs> you know, the OGs that came before us, they always used to be like, Jerry All Rice, right. and I'm like, man, I, I should have been making $10 million a year. Why Larry Fitzgerald, Andre Johnson, them, Brandon Marshall making that money? I did this. It's like, that's the name of the game. We continue to push the game forward. We make it better. We, we attract more viewership. So that means bigger uh, TV deals and more money for everybody. This is how it's how supposed to work. Now, where I disagree with our experience is, I truly believe, you know, the NBA, the NFL, the, the big four should find ways to continue to keep their guys involved and take care of their guys, right? Um, and and when I, what I mean by that is it's also like, the, the 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 NBA and the NFL powerful entities. Why, we should be partners in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? And that's just that's just a whole nother podcast, a whole nother conversation about oh, entrepreneurship. Yeah, I, I mean, you can take it up to the point. I, I I'm doing this in this documentary space, trying to get this doc finished, and if Ebro B, I'm looking at trying to get my NBA footage and the price they yes. want for it. It's ridiculous. So I, I, mean, yes. I agree with what. That's exactly it, 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 what I was going to say. Licensing. Yeah, yep. I, I I understand what you're saying. So it's you know when you when you're in the league, at the, you know that's your your bag and call. You know when you're out the league, um, you know you, you're treated like an outsider. You know that. Tony, you should and, not and, be paying for no. You should not be paying for any footage, man. 
It's like as yeah, long as we do right by the logo, we do right by. It's like, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. That's 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 what I'm saying. So that that's the big Ooh. thing. But I, I'm not. To go back to what you said, though, I'm I'm so happy to league and what these guys are able to make and be. Um, and and I feel a part. I don't know how you feel, but I feel like we helped pave the way to get the the league to where it's at right now. One hundred percent. In both sports. In both sports. So I, I'm I'm happy. I love seeing. I don't, I don't blink an eye when I see guys make that kind of money. I'd be like, dang. We always wondered if we played what we would have made, right. what we'd have been able to negotiate, of well, course. Well, this is what I'm going to do, Torn. Listen, I'm going to get my money right. I feel like I might be four or five weeks away from getting my money right. You meditate <laughs> on the type of bag that you want so we can get you uh -huh. to Miami for basketball season or at least a couple days out of the week. You, you, you're okay flying planes, like getting on a plane, right? You're okay flying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, we, actually, you know what? B, that's what you. That's what I want. Let's just let me get a feel. You know, bring me down for a week. Let me get in the studio for one week. Let me, you know, what I mean, you got the performance place. Let me, you know, what I mean, do work, get a free workout with you guys. Let's do a let month. Me, let's. Why we can't somebody. do a month? Man, thirty days is strong, B. Bro, it's a good time. You know, you know Miami, boy, baby. You know Miami better than most. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Me and Antoine Walker is going to finish this conversation offline, but this was an amazing day uh, with my big brother talking a lot of hoops. There was a lot of action last night. Hopefully you enjoyed it right here on SiriusXM Faction Talk Channel 103. For the next 20 minutes or so, uh, please enjoy this one-on-one uh, -on -one conversation with Tyreek Hill. Uh, we will see you guys. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. What'd you say? I got to check this interview out. It's one of my favorites. I like watching him play. My brother. We'll see y'all Monday. I mean, I, for me, what happened when I was playing, mm -hmm. played at UCF, and at the time, we were mid-major. I would say we big dogs now. They need mm -hmm. to consider us a power five. Right. Me? But uh, during that time, we was in a MAC, and we would go to Eastern, uh, East Carolina, Western Michigan, Buffalo, and so we would play all these little random schools, mm -hmm. and my t my family we from Pittsburgh, and they would all load up and they'd come watch me play. But even before I got to college, like my uncles and aunts, the real ones would come see me play when I was little league in high school. Right. So this was just our tradition, a football family, and they always we always show love, and it, not just me, but Ray Ray, my cousin, uh, Buster, this person, that person, like right. just show love to the kids. And so <clears throat> I get to the league, and the first couple years was cool. They would get buses, they would tailgate, they would get hotels, they'd come check me out. Right. I signed my big deal. And my aunt, my aunt Ronnie, she orchestrates all of this stuff. Oh, right? wow. So she, she hit me up one week. Once I got my big deal, Dolphins, Miami Dolphins gave me five for 50. Mm -hmm. I became the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Dolphins, they making somebody the highest paid receiver. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? But hey, listen, I'll be like, damn, boy, I made 10. Cheetah's at 30. Damn! That's a big gap, bro. Hey, you set the standard, though. You set the standard, though. 10 to 30? You set the standard, though. That's a big gap. You set the standard, though, for all receivers. I couldn't wait five more years to start playing in the NFL. What that 30? Hold on, real quick. What that 30 feel like, bro? It's crazy. Like, you don't even check no. your bank account every day, obviously. But, like, once I signed it, I was like, is this real? Drew was like, yes, it's real, baby. 
But you know, but you no, know how no, 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 no. Stay is, right though. there. Don't go humble. Don't go grandparents. Uh-uh, we're gonna uh-uh, get back uh-uh, to that. Uh-uh, we're gonna get back uh-uh. to that. Cheetah, 30 a year. What that feel like, bro? Cause like it was like every two weeks, I think when I was making 10, it was like five hundred thousand dollars or something every two weeks I was making, or maybe even more. But but you know how it is though. Like you know how football is though. Like you don't get all your money, like everything's not promised. Like in, Cheetah, in, in like in my contract, answer the question. everything is backloaded. Answer the question, Cheetah. How it feel to be one of the richest men in the world? Man, I'm not. I'm not rich at all, bro. I'm not. You see how I'm dressed? I'm not rich at all. I'm still wearing Soul Runner, the brand I created. And hey. you invested millions of dollars in Soul Runner, so no, <laughs> no sir. Uh uh-uh, uh uh. <laughs> no, but uh, so I make it to the league, bro, and I, and I signed that big deal with the Miami Dolphins. And so what ended up happening was, I think we we're going to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And my aunt hit me and she's like, yo, everybody tripping. We're talking about 40 or 50 people, big family. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, why ain't Brandon paying for the bus? Oh, Why ain't Brandon paying for yeah. the hotel and all the food for tailgating and 40 tickets? And you know that get expensive. Right. And tickets get expensive. Before it was they was paying. And my aunt went to him and she said, well, why don't we do what we can? And then I'll go to Brandon and say, yo, we came up two, three thousand, five thousand short. And you cool with that? And I'm cool with that. And they didn't want to do that. And in that moment, bro, we're talking about five years I played 13, that 40, 50 person bus stopped showing up to my game. Mm. I don't talk to some of my like I'm talking about aunts that raised me, uncles that raised me. It's bro. crazy, bro. Money is the root to all the evil, bro. Like, I don't know if you really believe in but believe in that, but it is, bro. It's crazy how like people like act, man, just over something that you work your hard your hard time for, man, which is which is ridiculous. I don't I don't understand it, man. Like you the OG, like teach me something right now. Right. Like what what should I do? Yeah. So, well, I don't know all of your situation, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to the, your grandparents, but just talking about the money situation. I'm just saying family in general. Right. I think that we draw the circle. This is what I always say. You draw the circle, uh-huh. and then we say, this is who I'm putting into the circle. Grandparents, mom, my kids, my lady, blah, blah, blah. This this one or two, three homeboys, whatever. And then what you do is you say, okay, I'm going to be there for them. But then you teach them how you're going to be there for them, right? So now, boom, Cheetah making, it's public, so I ain't 30 million a year. Not so making hey, 30 million. So now we all sit down and say, look, this is what I'm making, but this is the reality because you know we taking home half of that. Exactly. After every, boom. There you go. Here's my plan. This money got to last me and my kids, kids. Generational, So here's man. my plan. I, I'm allocating X amount of dollars a year mm-hmm. to family and friends contribution. If you come with X, Y, and Z, I'll be there for you if it fits into my financial plan. Do we all agree? We all agree. Great. Cool. Because everybody got great ideas, but it's like, yo, I want to invest in a business plan. Right. I want to invest in you coming out of school because you know what you're doing. You're going into this industry now. Right. Right. That's what I'm investing in. Come on. Use me, but don't use me. That's go. what I always just say to my that, people. That we talking. Bro, I feel like that's one of my biggest failures I feel like in my career. And I did a lot. It's like, where's the other millionaires that made millions off of me? All right, bro, you come build, you study this market, you have a a thorough business plan, you know what you're doing. I'm making $10 million a year? I'll gladly invest 100,000, 200,000. 
That's just making our infrastructure and our family unit all stronger and better. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it, it starts with that circle and it starts with boundaries. And then it's us sitting down having those real conversations. Mm. And, and from there, um, that's, any, the, that's yeah. them tough and uncomfortable conversations right there. That's what people don't want to have. People want you to just say yes, though. You know how it is, man. People just want you to autom exactly. automatically say yes every time. What they say to us, uh, you know, learn how to say no. They told y'all that when you came in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah learn it. how to say learn no. How to say no. You're right, bro. But like, I feel like we're first generation leaders, like in this new space as far as millionaires and potential billionaires as um, athletes, and we got to lead our family. And it's unfortunate, right? Because like. Now, quickly, the children become the leaders. Mm -hmm. It's like grandpa, grandma been leading the family for so long, mom and dad trying to do their thing, and then all of a sudden we make it, now we gotta be here. Right. Are we prepared to lead? That's the big thing, and, and that's the big thing um, in our family right there. Um, everybody uh, kind of looks at me kind of as like the leader. Um, even like me living with my mom and my sister, like um, they look at me as like, you know, the father, even though it's my mom, she look at me as like the man in the house, you feel me? So I'm like the leader, like I never can show a sign of weakness. I gotta be here, I gotta be there, and I gotta be able to listen to them whenever they got problems and stuff like that. So I deal with a lot, man, off the field, man. But it's fun though, I'm I'm, I'm very glad that, you know, um, I'm able to take all of this on because I got a daughter of my own and it's just preparing me for those moments. That's right. all it's doing. I want to stay right there for a little bit, bro, because like well, this is what I'm finally learning. I'm about to turn 40 mm. in March. Yeah. I said you were 37. For real? Yeah, bro. You think I can still do it? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, bro. As Let's a tight end, though. <laughs> yeah, I agree with the you. The game has changed, man. I agree with you. I tight end. I'll come catch 40 balls. Yeah. But but uh, I don't know if that's true, bro. That's that's what they've been telling us. What? Don't show no weakness. I think vulnerability is critical. Now, if you're it, it, Coach McDaniel and you got a, you got 90 guys in the offseason that's in your locker room, and you walk in the team meeting room, like you got to be strong, and I agree with what you're saying there. There you go. And then also when you're running a company, which you are, and also as the head of the household. But the problem is, bro, like where are we then turning to to have these type of conversations? Like, yo, this shit's hard. This shit heavy. We don't do that. We'll stand in front of the people that we're supposed to be strong mm -hmm. for. And we stand there and we hold it all in and we don't have no outlets. So there's no therapist. There's no, we don't really talk like that as men. And so like, I do agree with you to some extent, but you got to find an outlet where you can then talk, turn to a brother or someone, a professional is like, yo, this is tough. This is hard. Cause that's where we break down. No. And that's why I asked you if you're happy and how you feel, because you can be here dealing with all of this. Right. And it, but it comes with so much. Now I will say, um, I do got a guy that I talk to every week. Um, a guy that I, I've been using, you know, ever since I entered the league, you know, he's a therapist. Um, and he's been helping me, you know, throughout all of this. You feel me? I call him with daily you know, up, updates about how I'm doing with my family and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, um, it's it's really the same thing he's been telling me throughout my whole entire career, you know, um, which is vision, which is vision pursue. Um, when you already expect somebody to do a certain thing, like it shouldn't bother you. You feel me? So um, I do have people that I talk to. So because I, I mean, trust me, like, you know how we grew up. We grew up, our parents told us, don't show no weakness. Yeah. Even when you fall and get hurt, don't cry and stuff That's like right. that. But 
now we're in a space that times are changing, things are evolving, and you got to be able to talk to somebody. You got to be able to, you know, um, be able to tell people how you really feel. And now that I got kids of my own, I'm, I'm slowly understanding that. That's good. That's beautiful, Come bro. On now. Yeah, I mean, you asked me a powerful question. It's like, you know, you the OG. What can I do? I think you're doing all the right things. Um, it's going to be beautiful seeing you and your grandparents, your parents getting back together. Come on, man. You know, but and I, but I do agree with your approach too. It's like, you know, right now, and that's what people got to understand. Right now, I can't unpack this right now. You know, <sighs> February, March. Let's see where we at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let's unpack that. But I do recommend that. You know, me not understanding all the details, and that's not for everybody. You share what you wanted to share. Yeah. I do think that that's important, because I can feel it, I can see it. It's like, that's an important relationship to very, me. Very, very important, man. That's something that's got me to where I am today. I, I would always claim my grandparents, no matter what, man. Because we only got one life, right. you feel me? And I, I always want to, you know, let them know how important they are. You know, even if they don't feel important in the moments where I'm, I'm, I'm heated at something else or in the moments where I'm not talking to them. I still want them to know how important they are to me. That's good. The team that they face in week one, the Dallas Cowboys are just drastically better than them. I and disagree. Come on now, Brady. I just played 13 You're years. Playing like, can you new, listen to me? It's nuanced here, though. What it's I'm, not nuanced. It is nuanced. Dude, he half-assed a playoff appearance. He didn't half-ass Brandon, pull up his stats. He half-assed He gave us say, one game. When the minute something doesn't unfold the way that you want to, he checks out. He chose not to pay James Harden. What I'm interested in learning from you is, uh, you know, what success looks like. You know, so my question is, like, how do you define success? How do I define a success? Well, success to me is, you know, something that you've been trying to accomplish your whole life, you know, and then when you finally, you know, accomplish it, you know, it'll be worth it. You feel me? Like this legacy that obviously I'm trying to build and set the standard for my kids, man. Um, when, whenever it's said and done, I've beat on set records. You know, obviously beat on made a lot of money and um, beat on inspired a lot of kids. And to me, that that's what success is, man. Just being able to, you know, be a key factor in inspiring people because I feel like that's what my purpose is in in, in this life that that. Um, that um, God has given me, man. So that's what success is to me, man. And that's what I do. And that's why I do what I do. Like each each and every off season, I travel the world um, to to these different cities and put on these different camps, man, for these kids because I want to see the next great wave of successful young men and women too. Though that's what success is: being able to put together a plan and see it go through successfully. And everything that you've worked for is, you know, accomplished. Right. So right now, I'm one of the best receivers, one of the highest paid. And aren't you the highest paid? I don't know. Probably, aren't you the best receiver? I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm just in a real good situation. I'm just in a real good situation, man. What you want me to say? You want you want me to sit on this podcast right now and say yes. I want you to be I vulnerable. Am. Bro, for the first time, I told myself a couple weeks ago that I love me. Mm. Have you ever told yourself you love you? Like, I love you. Bro, what's crazy is that's part of my pregame ritual. Like, every morning I wake up, you know, I do, you know, deep breathing, and I look in the mirror and I say, thank you, God. I love me. 
I say that every Sunday morning before the game, every time, every time. What do you love about you? I just love me, man. I just love this great body that God has given me, like everything, you know, God has blessed me with, man. And it's great. You feel me? Even throughout the trials and tribulations, I just love me. Like T.O. say, I love me, so me. Yeah. See, but when T.O. said it that way, that comes off as arrogant and cocky, the way he used it. Mm. But but that but only he knows what he was feeling. So I, I'm not judging him. Right. The way how we're talking about it right now is like self-care. It's like a deep love, bro. Like before the world can love us or we can a lady can love us or kids can love us. We got to love ourselves. That's why it was powerful for me, because I'm like, damn, like I love me. I never said that before. And so if we can say, if you can say, look in the mirror and say, I love me. 25 times. But why 25 times? 25 times. Go ahead, bro. What's the routine? Go ahead before I, because I can go anywhere. That's beautiful. This is, this is, yes. What's the pregame routine? It's not even a routine. It's like, that's the routine to, to success. Because that's yeah. what I'm like, yo, give us the keys to success. Tyreek's Hills, keys to success, bro. Like, that's what I want. 20, when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is this, boom. I look in the mirror, I do my breathing, boom. And then I'm looking at myself. You see, 25 times. Ain't no, you ain't say 11. 25 times. 25 times. Like, give me that. Give us that. So, yeah, obviously you wake up, brush your teeth. You know, you do your morning routines and stuff with your face. Um, Then I just wake up, you know, thank God for the day. Do my deep breathing 25 times. Do say thank you, God, for another day 25 times. Then I also, you know, just... Just say I love me, man. Like, because, like, I just feel like without that self-care, just like you said, without, you know, me being confident in myself, I wouldn't be able to do what I do each and every day. You feel me? Because the odds are already against me. I'm a smaller guy playing this position and... So-so hands. And... (laughs) We get into that. But, you know, um, you just gotta... You just gotta believe in yourself, man. And I just think me being able to start my day off like that by, you know, thanking God and just saying that I love myself helps me get started in that way. That's a powerful thing. And there's, that's a whole nother podcast, just like self-care. You believe and, in uh, dopamine? Oh, 400%. There you go. That's all you're doing right there. When you're doing that deep breathing, you like taking it all in and you just saying all them words of affirmation to yourself in the mirror, you just building up your dopamine. That's all it that's is. That's right. What else do you do? And I don't know if you've been able to define it and write it out, put it on paper. But like, you may think as a high performer that that's just something small, but the world don't have access to the guy you've been working with for years. Um, the world don't even, majority of the world don't think like you. You're like part of the 1% when right. it comes to thinking right. mindset. So like, is there anything else that you do that will bless other people watching this? You know? Uh. As far as pregame or just it's, it's just routine period. Just like how do you how do we become a high performer? Like whether you're a mom, a dad, a nurse, a firefighter, another athlete that's trying to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. You just gotta stay consistent. I, I feel like um, we sometimes get bored of doing just the basic fundamentals of just life, or just if you're in a profession, you get bored of just doing the basic fundamentals of just everything. Well, I'm speaking football perspective, fundamentals, techniques, and um, just your routine each and every day. Um, every Tuesday at four o'clock, um, I got this guy come in. We and we work for four hours on my body, and it literally hurts. Something that I don't like to do, um, but it's part of my routine. And it's the same way with 
you know, um, going to practice. So we practice obviously Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And you know, as the season go on, like your body begin to get tired and your mindset is like mentally drained. And it's like, bro, why are we doing this again? Mm -hmm. But if you fall in love with just the basic fundamentals and the techniques and just waking up every day and being in the great position that you're in, like you will, you, I promise you, you will become successful because there are some days too though. I, I don't want to practice, but I got to remember like, I'm not only doing this for myself, dog. Like I'm trying to create a whole new wave. I wanna, I wanna be like, like I said earlier in the show. I wanna be able to set the standard for my family, like, and that's my mindset each and every day. So you can ask my teammates. At each, every Wednesday, every Thursday, every Friday, it's the same mentality for, from me at practice. I'm full speed and I'm finishing 15 yards down the field every time I catch the ball, cause I wanna be able to set the standard and also I wanna be able to break the record too, though. You feel me? So, and. If other guys see me doing that, guess what? They're going to they gonna cling on, and they're going to do it. Like Jalen Waddle going to do it. Um, Braxton Berrios going to do it. Um, Xavier Howard on the, on the defensive side of the ball, he's going to start punching the ball a lot because they see how hard, you know, I'm working at practice. Like, this ain't come overnight. Like, I've been doing this my whole entire life. It's because of the, the small things that my grandparents taught me and my parents taught me. Like, doing the small things, it's going to get boring. But you got to fall in love with it. You feel me? Like. So, so yeah. you said earlier, believe, and you just talked about the record, mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of people know, but there's some people this podcast is going to reach that don't know who Tyreek is or Brandon Marshall or I Am Athlete or the, the, what you spoke, you know, a year ago. I'm not going to waste our time with asking you, do you believe? I know you believe that you're, you can break the record, right. but why? Why do you believe that you're going to be the one that eclipsed 2,000 for the first time at the wide receiver position? Uh, and as of right now, you're on pace. I'm on pace. We're what, week six, and you got week 800 six. and how many yards? 814. 814. 814, baby. Um, like, and, and, and like, I, I just want you to take this space and really talk to us, bro. Like, you're teaching us right now, bro, because I, like, I see visualization. I think, well, I see dreaming. I see visualization. Mm -hmm. I see work ethic. I see, like, like a big, audacious goal. Like, why? Um, this is year two, you know, going into the Miami Dolphins scheme. Um, we, we have a great team, obviously, um, offensively, and I'm going to speak, you know, only from the offensive side of the ball. Our coaches do a great job of just, you know, putting me in positions to just, you know, be me and just play fast, man. It's crazy. Like, you see the zigzag motions. You see sometimes I'm lining up at tight end. Like, you never know what's going to come, man. And we have so many dynamic playmakers on this team that you don't know when when I'm going to get the ball, which is crazy. So that's why I believe so much, man. And and then it's just my mindset each and every day. Like I wake up like with the same mindset, just like we were just talking about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like I'm gonna break this record. Like I don't care what happens to me after my after this season, <laughs> but I'm breaking this record. I don't care if I gotta like go to sleep every night at 9:30 like let go of some things or I'm breaking this record and I'm gonna bust my tail to do it, man. Because like the way our quarterback is playing right now is lights out, man. So shout out to my boy Tua, man. Um, and yeah, that, that's why I believe, man. Why is that important to you though? The like, record? Like, yeah, when, when, talk to me about when you first had this thought, it's like, why did this record? And then like, why is it important? Cause man, like not only will I be able 
you know, to obviously be in the record books, but it also be like something, you know, to just say, hey, I got this 5'9", 195 pounds, can also play the receiver position. Because you know how it is, man. People look at receiver and it's like, hey, we want this guy that's six foot or we want this guy that's a certain size. And it's like, bro, no, like you literally have guys who can who can literally just play football. I'm just a football player, you feel me? And I really understand the game of football. Like I've been playing this game my whole entire life. My, my granddad was a coach and he's taught it to me to a level where it's like, like, I'm calling the defense. Like I'm seeing the defense before they even line up. And it's like, bro, like you have guys that literally understand the position and it doesn't matter how big they are, how big their hands are, because my hands aren't that big, but I know how to track the ball. I know how to catch the ball. I've been doing it my whole life. You feel me? So I just, I just. But a lot be... of us have though, uh, a lot of us, bro, like a lot of us, like there's been so many greats to come through mm -hmm. Jerry Rice, you know, Ocho to, you know, Justin Jefferson is one there. Calvin Johnson almost did it. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup almost, almost did, did it. it. Like, yep. what makes you think that you're the one? Like, what, and what I'm getting to is like, what's that thing in you that makes you believe like, oh yeah, I'm the one to do it? Can't teach speed. You really? can't coach speed, baby. No, I feel like that's too easy. Yeah, I'm taking the easy route out, man. You can't coach speed, man. Like, what you want me to say? Like, there's a lot of cats that had speed. Like, what's in you? What's the genius in you? Whether it's some IQ, like what you just said. I, I don't know if I've ever heard you talk about ball that way. It's like, y'all see what's happening before it's happening. Yeah, I do. You know what I I'm know. saying? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And even what I told you offline, I'm like, yo, bro, when you was in KC, I never even put you in my top five. That's how crazy it was. Like, this yeah, dude was just is, fast. He's which, gadget. Which, like. which is crazy. Which is crazy, bro. Like, I give people crazy work. But the thing is, though, I never, like, approach anybody and say, hey, I'm top five. It's like, bro, like, I know my work speak for itself. And I knew, like, once I left KC, like, the whole world would be able to see me, you know, as me. Like, you feel me? Because cheater going to cheater. I'm going to be cheater all day, man. Like, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to make my plays. But what's, what, what people really don't know is that I know the game of football inside out. And, you know, um, something my dad always told me is, you know, before you line, line up, man, safeties, safeties will always tell you the story to a defense. And that's one thing that I always look at, the safeties, like whether it's cover four, whether it's cover three, or whether it's man, right. you feel me? And if y'all got a back lined up at receiver and it's a backer out there, you know it's obviously man. So. Um, me being able to, to read coverages and understand defenses and understand, you know, different pursuit angles defenders are trying to take, you know, to slow me down and stuff like that. I understand all of that, man. So, Which is crazy is because, like I always say, the greats in basketball, football, any sport, they have this insane IQ, mm -hmm. off-the-charts IQ, right? And so, like, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this because – you know, there's a lot of kids out there that's working on the physical, but really don't have it here. Got to. Or don't understand how important that is. Bro. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. 
the same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.